Welcome to the Mobius Strip, our Patreon-exclusive series where we go through the Archie Sonic comics. I'm Isaiah. I'm Charlie. And I'm Steven. And in this inaugural episode, we're covering issues 0 and issue 1 of the, uh, what's, what's the name of these? The Sonic miniseries? The Sonic miniseries, before the main series. Yeah, several months before the huge... 200 and something line of comics that Archie released. They released a four issue miniseries to see how it would do with the kids. Yeah. Now, when you say there are four issues, do you mean there are zero through three? Yes, there are four things that you can buy that count as the Sonic miniseries that ran before the Sonic, I don't know, like, I guess permanent run is how they would yeah. describe it, even though it's not permanent. It actually ended several years ago. And our, our first issue is referred to as issue zero, which is great. It's weird because the actual Sonic permanent run doesn't start with issue zero, it just starts at one again. Yeah. Well, I guess we're gonna just dive into it then, aren't we? Yeah, let's get on in. Get our toes wet. Issue zero opens with a splash page featuring art of all the protagonists, as well as Dr. Robotnik and several of his badniks. It briefly summarizes the starting premise of the Archie comic universe, wherein Robotnik has already taken over much of Mobius, and Sonic and his friends are a rebel force known as the Freedom Fighters. We cut quickly to an action scene where Robotnik is chasing Sonic with some kind of goop machine, and Sonic uses his quick thinking to get away. Sonic runs to the secret entrance of his hideout, Knothole, where he is greeted by Tails, Boomer, and Princess Sally. There is extremely forced sexual tension between Sonic and Sally, Jesus Christ. <laughs> then we meet the number one blowhard, Antoine, and he tells the gang about the leak in Knothole. We cut to Robotnik with... Did you seriously write this in red? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, yeah. We cut to Robotnik with real human eyes, whose radar has found animals wandering around the forest. Sonic and friends are looking for the source of the leak. They discover that the weeping willow trees are literally weeping because Robotnik cut down their friends. Sonic has an idea, but before he can act on it, Robotnik shows up with his wrecking ball from Sonic 1. Sonic runs to a ring he hid in a well and jumps through it and saves the day, massive question marks. And then they plant more trees. It's true, they plant more trees. Also, the name of that story was called Don't Cry For Me, Mobius. After the trees, I'd imagine. Yeah. So something, I read this comic, I think, as a kid. I remember having a way to read. Not Maybe not this one, maybe, maybe it's issue one or something like that. You can read one of these in Mega Collection. Yeah. Or Mega Collection Plus, I think. Yeah, and I I always remembered. First of all, they they're really consistent with the like entrance to Knothole. They have like they just sort of have a fun shape for it. Yeah, but it's super weird. It is weird and like unnecessary, and like that's great. I don't know. That's my opinion on it. I think it's good, but it's just crazy that like that would never support itself. That it has to be steel beams <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, there's a there's a loop de loop in it. I mean, there's a couple loop-de-loops. There's a whole corkscrew and stuff like that. How would you dig that? Like, how would you dig that? With with a shovel, probably. You think Boomer just went in there with a shovel and it was like, mm, loop-de-loop, there we go, just walking on the ceiling, no big deal. Well, it was definitely there before Sonic got there. So, we know it wasn't him that just dug it. Right, that's why I picked Boomer and not Sonic. Yeah, yeah but Boomer's that's... a walrus. I mean, he makes, he makes inventions, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Steven, Boomer's a walrus. He got me there. I guess there's no defense. <laughs> I also definitely read this as Nothole. Nothole? Nothole, yeah. Because it's K-N-O-T-H-O-L-E, no space. So I was like, T-H makes a th sound. So it's Nothole. 
Young Isaiah didn't know what a compound word was yet. Look, eventually I learned better, but I was not, and continue to be, not smart. So. How did you pronounce Antoine's name? Uh, <laughs> I gotta, like, look at it to remember, actually. Antoine? It was, Antoine? like, Antoine. Antoine? Antoine, yeah. Tony for short. Like, I was like, oh yeah, his name definitely has a lot more syllables in it. Uh, and it's also Antoine de Coolet, right? Yeah, Dick, 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 Yeah, with a D apostrophe Coulette, which is not how the French language works, and every time I read it, it makes me wince. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rough. But Charlie, he's French. <sighs> That's pseudo-French. That is, that is <laughs> fake, fake, fake. He's not even fake French in this issue. That doesn't, like, they don't do his weird accent writing until the real series proper. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking of people not being quite themselves until later, Sally is blonde in this issue and yeah. not even outside of the miniseries. In the next issue, she has black hair. And also, Eggman, or rather Robotnik, definitely Robotnik in this continuity, he has white eyes in this issue, but in the next issue, he has black eyes with red pupils, and it looks a lot better. It looks a lot yeah. better. I mean, okay, we should also mention that Sally's kind of like orangish with the blonde hair, but when she has black hair in the next issue, she's pink. Yeah, and then later on, she'll have another redesign where her hair is brown and her fur is brown, and it's kind of... Her fur is a lighter brown. Well, yeah, but they're both, they both mesh better because yeah. every other character just has flat fur tones. Yeah. Except for Antoine's toupee. So we're used to it now, white versus red eyes notwithstanding, but Robotnik's design in this is not like the game's. Except on the cover for some reason. Yeah, on the cover yeah. of this very first Zeroth issue. <laughs> he he literally has that design only for the cover, and for the rest, he has... I mean, it's the it's the Sonic Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog design, no, it's, basically. it's Sad AM. Sad AM. What does he look like in Adventures? He's a bit... He, he's, he's got more of a pinhead, like it's more... It's kind of thinner... Yeah, he looks really weird in the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, he really does. I keep forgetting how weird he looks in that show. He's got like a weird floppy mustache and he looks like a just a gross like lump of clay. He's got a he's got a pokeball on his shirt. Yeah, for lack of a better word, I suppose. <laughs> but it's kind of neat the cover we should mention is not only featuring Eggman from the Genesis, but it's like he's coming out of a television screen along with Sonic as if to imply, hey, he's moving from the games into these comics. So like it's trying to sort of tie itself to the games. Yeah. Mm. It does not, however, do that in any other way because this universe is obviously completely separate because Eggman, it seems, is actually like one against nature, I guess. I don't know what the best way to describe it is. I would also like to go on record, on the cover of the Zeroth panel, the text bubbles, like, on that cover, just have Sonic making a joke about Robotnik being bald. I mean, sure, that's kind of the comedy that you can come to expect from this. It's basically just roasting various characters for their yeah. hair or lack thereof. It's just, like, a weird... It's a weird thing to make fun of him for. Because it's not the... I mean, it's not the most prominent thing about him, visually. Especially when he's got a friggin' cone head. I think most cartoons and comics for children with a bald character pretty much just roast that bald character at least once an episode or strip. <laughs> That's true. Call him Chrome Dome. Terrible. That's an actual villain from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is he bald? He's a robot. Is he bald? So it's literally Chrome... Oh my god. Isaiah. Is he Come a bald robot? Does the robot have Come hair? On, Answer the question. Come on, man. <laughs> You're better than this, Isaiah. 
I'm not better than anything, I assure you. But yeah, I like that the Archie Sonic universe takes place in almost a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Like, there's yeah. one little patch of forest that all these characters live in, and Robotnik is sort of just constantly trying to destroy it. Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, something I would like to say about this that I'm sure the two of you have a, a different opinion on, I really, like, I find it weirdly endearing how just, like, not subtle the sexual tension is between Sally and Sonic. Which, like, doesn't go anywhere at all. So on, on page five, right, there's a there's a bit where Sally goes, Oh yeah, isn't it sweet the way Tails idolizes you, Sonic? Like, we all do. And I was like, oh, they're doing a subtle, like, she's interested in him. And then on the next page, they're, they're like, there's no sexual tension. Like, but wouldn't it be funny if there was? <laughs> yeah, I would say that the first thing I would qualify more is romantic, but the second panel where they're what what is the quote that they're both thinking simultaneously they're like gulp yeah imagine that yeah and they, they're both got like raised eyebrows it's very silly it's ridiculous I, I don't super have a problem with it but i think that it's kind of misplaced maybe i i don't know i find it kind of endearing especially because like this isn't the only instance of it i think in this issue I find it more endearing to the writers like i i imagine the people writing this down they're making their first Sonic thing ever, and they're like, oh, this'll be fun, and then they write it down, and that idea to me is funny. Yeah. But it, it's really clumsy in the yeah, comic itself. That's exactly what I was gonna say, is that it's, like, clumsy, and something about that makes me, like, kinda like it. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna move on to the next story in the issue zero. So, in this flashback issue, we find out how Mobius got taken over by Robotnik. We find that Sonic is working for his Uncle Chuck, and as a as a chili dog delivery hedgehog. <laughs> delivery hedgehog. Oh, boy. I, yeah, the, I, I initially wrote delivery man, and I was like, nah. You could have said delivery boy. Yeah. Well, delivery hedgehog. Anyway, the two of them get an order for 200 chili dogs, and it turns out to be a trap. Big surprise. While Sonic <laughs> is off delivering his dogs... God damn it. <laughs> Uncle Chuck and his dog Mutsky get kidnapped by the SWAT bots. I'm amazed you didn't say hedgehog napped or something. <laughs> Sonic almost it. gets crushed by Robotnik's robot, but his speed saves him. Okay, I'm gonna rewind because we just skipped something. That's Sonic is when Sonic delivers the chili dogs. He is greeted by Clucker, who traps him, but Sonic outmaneuvers the trap and he figures out what happens and he goes after his family. But he meets Princess Sally, who tells him they should work together and is able to catch him, like, mid-speed, and they retreat to the woods. Sally's dad has also been captured by Robotnik, and he and Uncle Chuck have been brainwashed into becoming Robotnik servants. That's it. All right. <laughs> I thought Isaiah was going to say something, so I wasn't speaking. <laughs> I, I would like to direct everyone's attention to the panel on page 4 of, of this, which should be page 22 of the whole thing. The one that the viewers the, the, can't see. Yeah. <laughs> There's a panel that I'm just, like, a fan of that I just saw, like, looking just now, where a wrecking ball is going to fall on Sonic, and then it cuts to the wrecking ball, like, hitting the ground, and the sound effect is smunch. <laughs> and I just really like that, so I wanted to point that out. What kind of... What do you think the sound in the real world would be that equates to that onomatopoeia? 
I mean, the best I can do is just literally say the word smunch in a funny way. No, but, like, what thing happening do you think generates the sound of smunch the way that, like, a pig generates an oink? Oh, got it. Um, I mean, obviously a wrecking ball falling on the ground. That has never, ever made a sound that sounds anything like the word smunch. (laughs) I think smunch is, like, the sound that you get when you get the, like, last little bit of ketchup out. You know the you know the like stock sound effect of like a car hitting a fire hydrant. No, I want to now though. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I don't have an automatopoeia for it. I know the stock event of a car hitting a fire hydrant, but I haven't actually associated it with the sound. It's it's like a I mean it's it's kind of smunchy, you know. <laughs> it's a little bit smunchy. I I can't like I can't describe it. Because it's a sound effect, so the best I can do is that it kind of, it kind of makes me think of smunch. Terrible. Yeah, and then you're gonna look it up later, and you're gonna find a sound effect that's not at all what I'm thinking of, and there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, for me, I kind of just associate that more with like the horn followed by a regular smash sound. Yeah. Is smash plus horn smunch? It's like a. <laughs> no, uh, smash plus crunch is smunch. Do you think that's where it comes from? Maybe. Like, like maybe they were like, it's like a crunch sound, but a little bit softer, less crispy. It's a little bit smunchy. So I, I really like this segment, the flashback bit. Yeah. I think it has like really good drama in it. Like as, as cheesily as it's presented, you know, it presents the audience with something that Sonic has to lose, which he loses, and then something for Sonic to fight for, which he spends the rest of the series fighting for. Yeah, the foreseeable future. And there's a bit where we we see Sonic just, like, really angry and just, like, jumping up and, like, just holding on to the chest of a swap bot. Yeah. And it's, like, normally when we see Sonic attack somebody, he's, like, grinning and taunting them. Or, like, he spins through them. And this is him just being, like, mad and just shouting at them, basically. Yeah, it feels like in the first issue, or not first issue, but the first story of this issue, we set up Sonic as the happy, goofy guy who always wins. But yeah. this second flashback issue shows you that Sonic had to go through a point in his life where he lost everything that was close to him. Yeah. Because from what we know about Sonic, he can run fast, has some friends in a hole, and had an uncle and a pet dog, and both of them are now captured. Yeah. So it seems like Sonic is actually at a pretty low point at the beginning of this sort of timeline yeah and i find that kind of interesting i also really like that his uncle specifically sells chili dogs and i know now <laughs> we're at a stage of sonic's sort of chronology where he has chili dogs sort of stapled to his character traits yeah but just this on its own it seems kind of fun to me the idea of like specifically chili dogs and the fact that sonic likes them and that his uncle makes the best ones yeah i think that kind of endears his uncle to us it's also something that ages really well, because I, already knowing that Sonic likes chili dogs, I'm like, oh yeah, he likes chili dogs because it reminds him of his his uncle, who's functionally dead. Yeah, it's like a here's where it came from type thing. It's kind of fun to yeah. learn about. Which is which is pretty cool. I also just like the idea of Princess Sally meeting Sonic this way, because they meet on kind of even terms, where they've both lost somebody. For Sally, it's her dad. For Sonic, it's his uncle. Yeah. And then she stops him and sort of teaches Sonic that you have to use tactics and strategy against Eggman or Robotnik. I keep calling him Eggman because I finally trained it out of my head to call him Robotnik. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And I like that interaction between the two of them. It shows that there's kind of actually nuance to these character interactions. 
also, I feel like this this comes with a theme of like the two of them just sort of being vulnerable at this point. Sonic reveals that his middle name is Maurice. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, he goes, Speed is my middle name. Actually, it's Maurice, but don't tell anyone, okay? That, that is kind of like a meeting somebody new thing to do. Yeah. I didn't really think about it that way, but now that you mention it, that's pretty fun. It's It's especially great just because it's literally him being like more emotionally vulnerable than he will be for a long time in this in this comic. Yeah. So it like makes sense that he's also revealing really dumb surface level personal information. <laughs> like that just fits. It makes sense. Yeah. So in this issue we meet Sonic and Tails and obviously we've known them from the show and their character roles are pretty much the same. Tails still chases after Sonic and Sonic is still kind of the protagonist. Yeah. Tails' personality seems a little bit different, and obviously he didn't have a ton of personality in the first couple Sonic games anyway. But we also meet a few other new faces in Princess Sally, who we've talked the most about. But also we've got Antoine and Boomer. I just want to say that I hate calling him Boomer. (laughs) Don't worry, that doesn't last long. I hope not. So, I would like to go on record that characterization-wise, Sonic, Sally, and Antoine are absolutely the strongest, and Tails is definitely the weakest. Tails is the weakest. How do you figure? His only character trait is... He he has two character traits so far. He likes Sonic, and he falls over. That's still better than Boomer, who has no character traits so far. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, he just kind of makes wisecracks every now and then. Yeah, Boomer is kind of just like a joke factory right now, whereas Tails, at the very least, has a relationship with the character. I cut this out, but he is a Boomer. Cut this out. That's really good. Don't cut that out. <laughs> That's an extremely good joke. Keep it in. Okay, oh I thought God. it was too political. Nah. <laughs> political w- would be if you blamed boomers for the state of the economy. <laughs> oh my God. I'm falling apart. <laughs> so who's your guys' favorite character so far? I guess Sally. I'm going to go with the curveball, and this is also partially a prediction, but like Antoine. I like when people shit on Antoine, but that has less to do with Antoine and more to do with people shitting on him. I think Antoine... I, I, I like Antoine more in the, the second issue, or I guess issue one. Uh, so maybe it's cheating to, to sort of give that answer. No, I mean, you're fine to include stuff from that. I just wanted to get a sort of take the temperature on where we're at. Yeah. He's mostly... Antoine so far is mostly just a punchline, which yeah. for some reason Boomer delivers half the time. <laughs> exactly. Boomer's the joke factor. I guess that is a relationship he has with Antoine, but it's the same that everyone has. Like, they all just hate yeah. Antoine. Like, like Boomer's bit is that he shrugs his shoulders and, like, wryly tells a joke at other people's expense. I like the bit where everyone was like, we're planting saplings, and Boomer's like, I thought you said plant a sap, and Antoine's in the ground. Yeah, also Antoine is buried, like, to his neck in the ground. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's, like, upset about it. But how could this possibly have happened without him noticing? Yeah, he had to have just been standing there or, like, have been picked up and placed in the hole. Someone picked him up and placed him in the hole, and he, like, didn't move. He just, like, complained about it. That's kind of his bit, is that he doesn't move, he just complains about it. That's true. I don't think you're wrong for liking Antoine, but I think I have to go with Charlie. I actually think that Princess Sally is also the best character. Yeah. Or maybe Robotnik, but... Robotnik is better in in later issues, I think. Yeah, Robotnik is also just fun to look at. Like, when he's on screen, something fun is happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but of course, in this issue, he's not fun to look at at all. No, he's not fun (laughs) to look at. He's sad to look at because his eyes look like human eyes. Yeah. Something about just making his eyes less human makes him a much better character. To look at, for sure. To look at, yeah. 
I think we're good to go, though. You want to take it away with the next issue? Yeah, we're going to go to issue one with its first story, which is called Run, Sally, Run. Sonic and Tails are running for some reason, and they find Sally, who is going somewhere and very aggressively will not tell them where. Sonic and Tails go to the entrance to Knothole just as Antoine exits. He shares that Sally left a royal proclamation saying she is meeting with Robotnik to negotiate the return of her father, King Acorn, and that no one is allowed to follow her. Sally and Buzz Bomber are meeting as it is agreed that she is going to negotiate with Robotnik, but Sonic interprets it as a capture because of course he doesn't listen and he just sees something. He tries to save her and she gets mad. Buzz Bomber and Sally uh, go away while Sonic, Antoine, and Tails get captured in like a cage. It turns out it was a trap and Sonic's hunch was right and Robotnik plans to roboticize Sally. Before they can, Sonic spins through a wall and Antoine and Tails follow. The three of them rescue Sally at her protest and Sonic destroys the roboticizing machine. Back at Knothole, Sally reveals that her plan was to be thrown into the robo-machine while wearing boots with the ability to analyze the machine to reverse its effects. But now that the machine is destroyed, it's impossible. End of story. This story kind of sucks. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was too uh, harsh. This story uh, blows mega wads. This no, story blows rephrase. harder than Antoine. This... <laughs> Jesus. Got him. So, I mean, this this story only works in a universe in which Sally literally not telling them the plan for no reason makes sense. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's kind of cool the idea that she is competent on her own. Yeah. But it's problematic when that competence is, like, preceded by her being a dick for no reason to Sonic. Yeah, like, literally tell Sonic the plan and all is good. Or, like, include a line about... How, like, she didn't want to tell them while they were on the surface on the off chance that Robotnik had, like, an audio device or something like that. Yeah, like, it would have made sense if Sonic were being pushy, like, he, you could see him being because he's sort of this, you know, aggressive type guy. And if he just kept asking and she wouldn't tell him and then eventually she just yelled at him to, like, go back home. Yeah. That would have felt good. And also, I do like that the story ends... Not just with, like, them saving her and her, you know, having screwed up. Like, she had a plan, and that's cool because that paints her as sort of a competent tactical one again. Yeah. But it, you know, we had to get there by a weird leap of logic. Yeah. It really is just that there's literally no reason for her not to tell him the plan. And it's a good plan, so, like, the rest of the story follows. But the the opening is so, like, convoluted that it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, it's also not even, so, you know, our excuse was maybe she couldn't say it because they were on a surface, but Sonic goes back home and then sees the proclamation, so she could have just written down the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like she was, she came out, like, already angry at him, knowing that he would want to save her, which is a weird thing to be angry about. Yeah. Oh, real quick, I do want to say one more thing. I think it's funny when the boys sort of come in to save her and they're just acting like the biggest assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like the bit where Antoine yoinks Robotnik's ray gun. Yeah, which shows him to actually do something competent pretty early in the series. Yeah. Which is especially great because he, I mean, he's the butt of jokes a lot, but like, he has to be around for some reason. So him being actually good at something is great to establish early. Yeah. I just love the way they're like, they're drawn as walking in, like, a lion with Sonic carrying Sally, and they're doing, like, this sort of parade-type thing with Antoine pointing a gun at yeah. Eggman, Robotnik. Yeah, and Robotnik, like, has his hands up because he doesn't want to get shot. 
Yeah, there's just it, that part is funny to me. I don't think it redeems the rest of the story, but that part is funny to me. <laughs> I just want to say that I don't know why they don't shoot him because it's established in this continuity pretty well that Robotnik is an actual robot. He's not a human. Yeah, he's even got yeah. like the Frankenstein's monster bolts in his neck. Yeah, and it's just like just kill him. Yeah, <laughs> they also have already established that he's like an oppressive dictator. Yeah, like, definitely they should have killed him here, but, like, that doesn't bug me as much as the other issue, just because if you do, there's no rest of the comic. Yeah, you could also argue that maybe, like, they don't want to shoot him here, because then all of his robots would descend on them, and, you know, whatever, whatever. Him being alive was the only reason they could escape alive. Yeah, also, what if, like, Antoine just doesn't know how to use a gun? That would be in (laughs) character. (laughs) He just doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, he's like, don't make me use this. Don't make me try to use this. Please don't make me use this. That's all I want to say, though. You're good to go. All right. Our next story is called Something Fishy. Sonic is fishing when he gets attacked by a robot fish named Jaws. Jaws destroys the pier Sonic was on, so he falls into the ocean and lands in a net, a trap on a conveyor belt going straight into a waterproof robot maker. Roboticizer, goddammit. Waterproof roboticizer. <laughs> it's called a robot maker in the, like... It's called a Robo Machine in the previous story, and it's called a Robot Maker in this story. Okay, but it's the same machine, just waterproof. But it is a roboticizer, yeah. Meanwhile, Boomer and Tails find the destroyed pier and quickly dispatch a submarine to save Sonic. Jaws taunts Sonic as he moves slowly towards the Robot Maker, so Sonic spins his way out of the net, but uses up all his air in the process. Just as Sonic is about to sleep with the fishes. <laughs> I'm going to say that in a straight face real quick. Just as Sonic is about to sleep with the fishes, a torpedo shot at Jaws. Sonic inhales the bubbles from the torpedo, and Sonic destroys the robot maker. Jaws gets away injured. So, I actually do like this story, because it's basically 100% action. Yeah. It's also, like, it's underwater action from the games. Yeah. They have a bit where Sonic is like, I need an air bubble from something. It doesn't even matter what. Yeah, plus, like, the slopes he falls down are look very la- much like Labyrinth Zone. Yeah, it it helps feel like it's more gamey than the previous ones did, and also, like, he has to get air. Yeah. So it's kind of relatable as a player. You you actually, I feel like if you played a Sonic game, you kind of felt this weird tension when he says that he's almost out of air. You can, like, hear in your head the, like, yeah, absolutely. The countdown. <laughs> I like this bit where Jaws is, like, you got something caught in your throat, and then the next panel is him, like, really close to Sonic, and he's like, let me examine it, up close. And, like, that's just like, what, is he gonna eat him? Is that the bit? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. He just kind of, like, gets close, and, like, just, I don't know, has this incredible face. Yeah. I love Jaws's face. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I actually, I like his design. I mean, it's just ripped from the games. Yeah, like, it's just the red, like, fish thing with extremely sharp teeth. But something about that is, like, really fun-looking to me. Yeah. It's honestly amazing how, like, different they'll make characters look from what they actually look in-game. But Jaws is, like, the one that's untouched. Robotnik looks weird. Buzz Bomber looks weird. Tails kind of looks weird. He's browner than I would like him to be, but... Yeah, he's definitely not yellow. He looks like a regular sort of fur color, but not for a fox, because they're usually orange. Yeah. Yeah. I could see this being a cartoon interpretation of that color, though, because a lot of the colors are muted. Even Sonic's blue is a lot more muted. Well, as far as I'm aware, it's just literally cheaper to mute that color. Oh, yeah, saturated colors, they're just, they take more ink, so. Yeah. If only they brought those analyzing shoes to this roboticizer. Yeah, like, why not bring them to every roboticizer? 
I mean, one, he didn't know it was there, but... I guess that's true. Just throw a shoe in there. <laughs> Quote like... Isaiah, just throw a shoe in there. <laughs> just Sonic always has, like, a, a spare shoe that's just one of Sally's shoes. Just a third shoe, yeah. He's like, oh, this is the perfect time for my extra shoe. <laughs> Secret technique, third shoe. So which which story was your guys' favorite out of the four that we talked about today? For me, it is definitely Oh No Robo No Mo Mobo, even though it's got the worst title. Yeah, I'm amazed that you said that without like throwing up. <laughs> I I wasn't even like looking. I just like rehearsed for hours today. <laughs> yeah, that's also my favorite. I like that they're establishing lore and it's not just some random weird stuff that you expect from these early comics, which is kind of the rest of the stories. Yeah, it has yeah. the right amount of drama. I like the fish one whose segment name I forgot because it's it's just like action and stakes. And like there's jokes in there, obviously, but there's not really plot. And Ono uh, Robo Nomo Mobo has action and stakes, but it has a lot of plot. Yeah. And so like it, it sort of checks all the boxes for what I would like out of a Sonic comic. I also like that the comedy in that, like, a lot of the jokes revolve around somebody ordered 200 chili dogs, and that's partially humorous, and partially just, like, it feels like a momentous occasion for Uncle Chuck and Sonic. They seem like they've finally gotten away from poverty, almost. Yeah. And then suddenly it does a heel turn where they've been captured, and that's, like, horrible, and it feels really bad when they go from that high to that low. And then the other comedy that we get is just Sonic goofing around with Sally, which feels nice. Yeah. Well, and especially because, I mean, number one, you kind of can't just be super dramatic and sad because that's not the tone of the comic. But also, like, it speaks to the character that Sonic is like, I am miserable right now. Let me tell this one joke. Like, let me just slip one joke in there, yeah. Let me just call Robotnik bald for my own amusement. Because, like, if I'm going to lose what's closest to me, I'm at least going to make the guy who did it, like, a little bit insecure. Well, like, also the joke that I was talking about was just him saying, I guess it's not even really a joke, but him telling Sally that his middle name was Maurice for literally yeah. no reason. No, I, I really like that joke. But I also like how, I think the fact that there is so much lightheartedness at the beginning makes the downfall feel, like, more earned. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a bit where you literally see uh, Uncle Chuck and his dog Mutsky reciting the robotic brainwashing, like, words, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, Sonic is seeing that happen, you know? Yeah, it's rough. And it's, I'm, I'm like, trying to get back to it. Like, he does not tell a joke in response to this. Yeah, no, because he's, he's been beaten. Yeah. Like, this actually, this whole page, there are no jokes. Yeah, I think that's a really well-written story. Yeah. Even just in and of itself, like, ignoring everything, even if you just ignored Sonic, I think it would feel like a good story. Mm-hmm. Like, if this was your first exposure to Sonic and you read that, I think that you would suddenly have this kind of automatic connection to Sonic and want him to succeed. Yeah. Well, that's it. So, <laughs> so one thing that I want us to do for each of these is to pick kind of our favorite panel for each issue that we cover. Like, just one tiny snippet that you think is really well done. Oh, yes, a nice visual yeah. reference for an audio podcast. Well, here's the thing. We can post those panels... Yeah! Hashtag post those panels. Well, we can, I mean, this is a Patreon show. We can post the images on Patreon. Yeah, post those panels on Patreon. Ha- uh, it's it's called a, it's, call, it's our hashtag triple P segment. The panel Patreon posting. The, uh, it, 
All right, we'll, we'll work on What's your on favorite panel of issue zero, Isaiah? <laughs> so I think for issue zero, my favorite panel, uh, I had, like, as we were going through this, I just picked two new favorite panels. <laughs> but I think the one that I like most is on our page 23. It's page five of Oh No Robo No Mo Mobo. It's, it's at the very bottom where the swap bots are, like, destroying the chili dog stand. And there's just, like, a sign that says, On this site will be erected a new toxic dump. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's, it's really good, because it's just like, yeah, Robotnik literally doesn't want to produce anything. He only wants to pollute. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how this is a joke that isn't told by Sonic, so it doesn't hurt the dire nature of the situation. Yeah. I kind Absolutely. of forgot about that part of the comedy. The, I guess, environmental comedy is the way to put it. There's a lot of good sign humor. Yeah. So my favorite panel also comes from Oh No, Robo, No Mo, Mobo. And it's the first page. It's just the title page, I guess. But I really like the panel that we are just introduced to Mutsuki and Uncle Chuck because they're drawn nicely. And you see Sonic in the background and you see Chuck's Chili Dogs, which is a good name. Yeah. And I just like, I like the way they're drawn in the sort of angle that this is drawn at mm -hmm. i like it mostly for the art there's nothing super funny or super intense about it but i just like the way it looks that's real i think the way it looks makes you i i guess it works to like endear you to these characters right away what about you charlie do you have a favorite panel from issue zero i like this panel of sonic just showing how to get into knothole even though it looks very convoluted once you get in the ground yeah and then he just kind of yeah. very pompously just says i'm back and, like, I can just yeah. hear that in Jaleel White's voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely reading this in Jaleel White's voice whenever I read Sonic lines. Absolutely. What Robotnik voice do you guys read his lines in? So, is it is it okay to say that we have previously started with the non-miniseries? I mean, yeah, we can mention that. that like, we, we were going to just start from the permanent run, and then I realized that some interesting things happened here, so we needed to cover it. So, when I was when I was reading the permanent run... Very clearly, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog like voice actor read very strongly. Yeah. But no, no strong voice really jumps out at me on the miniseries specifically. Like it doesn't, it doesn't come to me the way it does with the permanent run. Yeah, it also doesn't feel like the same Robotnik because his eyes aren't black right away. <laughs> even even when they're black, it it sort of feels like like it's the same Robotnik, but it's not the same voice. Yeah, his lines are not as intensely Robotnik as they are later on. Yeah. I think the same kind of goes for everyone besides Sonic, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Sally's voice is pretty good. That's why she's my favorite character. I think her voice is really good, this comic that has no audio. <laughs> voice as, a, as a, like, a feeling, not as an actual sound. You need to give your characters a voice even in a novel. Yeah. Like, I feel like Antoine is consistent as, as he is later, and it's, like, consistently strong. He just doesn't have literally an accent written into his bubbles, so it's not the same voice. It's just a similar voice, so to speak. <laughs> that was perhaps the worst explanation of a thing I've ever heard. That's, look, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> what voice do you read Robotnik's lines in, Charlie? I really don't have a specific one, but... Because I didn't really watch uh, Sad I Am, nor do I really want to, I kind of just go with uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog voice. Yeah. I've been trying to read his, like, in my head, I've been trying to read his lines as the Sonic Adventure DX, or just regular Sonic Adventure. Eggman? Oh, yeah. Because I think that works better here, 
Yeah, I think I agree, actually. Because I used to read it in the sort of vaguely Russian, like, Robotnik from the cartoons. Yeah, for sure. And that's, like, funny. But I think that when he's doing actually intense things, giving him the sort of Eggman voice works better. Mm -hmm. And I think he does enough things that are actually menacing here that it's worth reading it in a more serious tone. Yeah, I do think his his Sonic Sat AM voice is more appropriate as compared to his Adventures of Sonic voice for this. Uh, and I, I do like that Sonic Adventure sort of voice actor like reading of it. Yeah, I think that works a lot better for the, the flashback specifically because he's doing things that are actually dangerous. Yeah. And that voice is still like humorous. It can be. Yeah, for sure. So what's your guy's favorite panel from issue one? Before I go straight to favorite panel, I would just like to say that I love the cover of panel one. You mean issue one? Uh, yeah, of issue one, I'm sorry. Because it has this, like, really good close-up of Robotnik's face looking very angry, and it's got the, the black eyes with the red pupils, and it's very well-shaded, and it's really dramatic. Yeah. And I just I just really like that. And that's not my favorite panel, I just needed to appreciate it. Yeah, that also doesn't count as a panel, really. But he is... Also trying to grab Sonic and Sally, so we get to see both of the redesigns for this issue. <laughs> yeah. Right on the cover. <laughs> I would like to actually go last with my favorite panel. Okay. Uh, just because I have two, and if one of you takes one of them, that makes my job easier. <laughs> I've got mine ready then. Alright. So my favorite panel is on page five of, is it just Gone Fishing? Is that what it's called? Maybe. Oh, it's called Something Fishy. Yeah. That's right. So page five, it's the panel in the right in the middle it's just where boomer is giving the p sign to tails and he says i've got a bad feeling about this wait here tails i'll be back in two shakes of a sea lion's tail and then tails is like huh what where are you going and then he goes and gets a submarine but i just like this art of boomer because it makes him look like he's got an idea and like that's kind of his whole character at this point is just yeah solving things well i like the the panel right before it has him scratching his head but it's not it's it's just his hat yeah, he's scratching like his how, head. <laughs> like, it's extremely, like, thinking face. Right. It's also very cartoony to scratch your head. Yeah. But yeah, I like how this kind of characterizes Boomer as, like, a fixer. Mm -mm. I think that's cool. And I also just like the way he's drawn here, because he looks like he's got an idea. Yeah. And in the last panel, he looks like he's trying to find an idea. Yeah. Yeah. So my favorite panel is, like, page five-ish. It's just Sally just manhandling Sonic's shoe and just, like... <laughs> it looks like she's swinging him. But it just kind of shows that she just kind of, like, is not phased by Sonic Speed, and I think it's funny, and she looks cute in it. So this is the one where he's mid-spin dash, and she grabs his foot and slams him face-first onto the ground, right? Yes. I love this panel. Because you see, like, the way they depict motion rapidly is they just draw him four times on the panel. Yeah. And it's it's just extremely good. I think the best part about the drawing is that Sonic's eyes are first drawn, pointed straight forward when he's surprised, pointed at Sally when he realizes what's happening, and then pointed at the ground when he realizes what's about to happen, and then closed yeah. when he's face first in the dirt. It's so good. This is this is like a one-panel story, and I love it. It's also just incredible that she can just grab him. Like, this is the second time she's done that while he was being fast. I also like that Buzz Bomber's eyes aren't drawn menacingly for these three panels that follow him interacting with Sally. He's just surprised at everything that's happening. <laughs> yeah. It is unfortunate that in this panel, his eyes are, his one of his eyes is miscolored. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. He's got, like, 
the like one yellow, one red. Yeah, it's supposed to have two red. That happens a bunch of times. So my my favorite panel was tied between that and something else on Run Sally Run Run page three. So so there's the the panel where Sonic crashes into Antoine right as he is entering the knothole, and Tails goes, Antoine was coming out of the stump just as we were going in, and Sonic's like belly is like right on Antoine's head, and he's just like dangling, and he's just like, tell me something I don't know, and this it's just like an excellent comical image, you know? Yeah, especially since Tails appears to be drunk. I don't know how Tails got injured in this particular instance. Well, he's also holding onto the rope when Sonic lands, so he just slams into Sonic and Sonic slams into Twan. Alright, and Tails is on the ground and Sonic's, like, dangling from Antoine's head. Yeah, and everyone should be dead and concussed. Yeah, it's good cartoon violence. I'm a fan of it. So, coming out of our first episode, how do you guys feel about the Sonic Archie comics? It was okay. I think, and, and having read the permanent run i like the permanent run more but i really like the i mean i like the drama that that the miniseries has yeah the it does a good job to set up things Mm -hmm. yeah i think that we've got about a dozen issues of the permanent run before we get to sort of the meat and potatoes of it that i like a lot it's basically once sally has brown fur that we're at (laughs) the good spot (laughs) that's how we know it's coming and then also at that point, the characters all sort of have more cemented versions of themselves. And of we course, get a yeah. few more characters later on after the writers kind of figure out what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get the vibe, not just from the redesigns, but from like a lot of other things. That in these first two issues, the writers are still figuring out what they want out of these characters. Yeah, I mean, the games are doing that too, kind of. Oh yeah, that's true. Like what Sonic is changes from one to two to three for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm excited, though. I I really want to get to the part where real drama is happening and events matter one after another. Because even here, it kind of feels like the pre... What do you call it? I forgot the word for... The flashback? Yes, the the flashback. We've said it like four times already. The the pre-present. The pre-present issue, or strip, rather, or segment story. Story. I feel like the flashback story is good, but it doesn't really flow into the rest of the comic particularly yeah. well because it's still all just lighthearted after that and it doesn't seem like anyone is trying to fix the problems yeah they're just sort of like patching weird cartoon holes as they show up <laughs> yeah i mean the first problem in the first issue was they had a leak <laughs> yes like it's really hard to go from here's a story where we have an issue our roof is leaking how do we solve that by beating up Dr. Robotnik to, like, look at our tragic backstory. Yeah, it's it's strange. But I will I will tell you that later on, we get more real drama and, like, real events and real motivations. And that that flashback doesn't just lead to nothing. Like, that comes yeah. back up later. So, it's, it's worth reading it here. And I feel like I, I sort of touched on this in our... I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to reference it, but I, we sort of touched on this <laughs> it's not in our season two finale of, of the main show, which was that I like Sonic's character, but I think the games don't do anything interesting with it. Yeah. And so I feel like a more story-dedicated format like comics are a great way to sort of explore that, and I, I really hope that they do. I mean, I think already they've done more to show Sonic's flaws and his strengths here than they do in the actual games. Yeah. Like, we can see that Sonic is hasty and that that's not always the right way, even though in the mm-hmm. games it is. Yeah. 
And I think that's cool. You can find us on Twitter at the No Wait. Spin Dash. <laughs> Do we really need to advertise our stuff if we if people are already listening to us on Patreon? I suppose I just get into the here. Oh, okay, how about this? Here's a new outro. Thanks for supporting us, supporting our Patreon. Yeah, it's like it's like weird to me to even think of like. Like, if people are listening to this, this might be one of the, do we have free, I don't know. But just, like, in general, if people are listening to this, it means they are supporting us, which is incredible. Yes. Also, I just had an idea. What if we just played, like, supporting me from the Biowizard fight at the end of every <laughs> Patreon episode? Th- uh, thank you, everyone, for do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> I love it. And also, I hate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice night. Yeah. yeah. Have a nice afternoon. Spin dashy later, whatever that don't, thing don't, said one time. And, <laughs> uh, don't forget to turn the other page. See you nec- uh, next time. Mobius strip you later. <laughs> Mo- <laughs> this is over. <laughs>